Phoenix Suns feel basically unbeatable right now, and there is no better time than the present to celebrate the point god. Look at this team a little bit closer at an inflection point. It feels like the stretch run is really here. We'll break down what Chris Paul means to this team, what this season says about his career, and where he could lead this team coming up on Locked on Suns. Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a contributor at suns.com, as well as Dime Magazine, and a credentialed, credentialed media member covering the Suns the past five seasons. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen each and every day. Coming off of a 10th straight win for the Suns, a lot to talk about. Thank you to all of you who find us on YouTube. Help us continue to grow this channel. And thank you to everyone listening across all podcast platforms. We are everywhere and we are free. The best way to keep us free is to do exactly what you are already doing, which is to watch, listen, and follow along, subscribe, all of that good stuff. We are at Locked On PHX Suns on Twitter if you do not follow us over there already to get the latest episodes, hang out during games, answer poll questions, get in on the mailbags, all that good stuff happens over on the Twitter account as well. We're getting close to 1,000 subscribers on the YouTube, and that means Kelly Oubre is going to be available. I have not forgotten. I hope you have not either. There's a little bobble for you guys. He will be in one of your hands at the time that we get to 1,000 subscribers. So you should be telling your friends, family, and all the Suns fans in your lives to subscribe over here. But today is game day. Today's a pretty important game day. Talked a little bit about that matchup, Suns-Nets, yesterday, so check out that episode if you have not, but... I think because Chris Paul was announced on Monday as the Western Conference Player of the Week, it feels like we must get into the, I mean, details. It's not even details. We got to zoom out on his career, his season, what it means in that career, what he is doing for this team, why it feels like they're unbeatable. I mean, I don't really want to be so blunt and put such a fine point on it but that I mean anyone who's watched this team feels that way and I think a big part of the reason for that is Paul so with that honor for the player of the week and his 19 assist performance last night which ties a Suns high a a career high for him while he's been a member of the Phoenix Suns uh, it's it's as good a time as any to dive in here because I, I know I've talked about this before but I don't know how much, frankly. Um, When I first like really got into basketball, I would say it was when the Chris Paul trade happened. Um, Like got into the broader NBA is what I is what I mean by that. Like, I I mean, I grew up here. I, I was into the Suns during the seven seconds or less days and, you know, my whole life. But I never really cared to like follow the day in day out stuff of the NBA until Chris Paul started to look for a trade. The Lakers thing falls apart and he ends up with the Clippers and and rejuvenates that franchise. And I had a, I actually will say like Blake was, Blake was my guy on those teams, but obviously Chris came as a package deal and uh, bought a t-shirt with a jersey with, with Blake Griffin's number on the back of it. It was way too big, but I just, I felt like I had to rep that team. And then um, just loved watching them, loved following them. 
the Suns were getting bad right around that same time, so it was easy to, to kind of move on and, and start to follow that team alongside the Heatles and all that stuff. And then you start to really take stock of, of what that was, those seasons meant for Chris Paul's career because it was really a, it was a, you know, a national celebration, a coming out of his greatness because that 2011 playoff series right before he leaves is one of the greatest we've, uh, it might've been 2010, the, the six game series against the Lakers where Chris Paul basically almost averages a triple double, almost single-handedly wills that Hornets team to winning the series. It was the, it was 2011. I'm almost positive of it. And that was his goodbye. Yeah, it was 2011. That was the goodbye to New Orleans. And then he ends up in the, with the Clippers and, and it's hitting the ground running. And that team becomes pretty darn great right away. He then enters this new phase of his career where he starts being characterized by the injuries and the big moment failures, the, the big moment losses. So you have in 2012, I believe. Let me see here. No, it's it's really 20. 14 is when things start to really uh, hit him in that way. He has a shoulder injury in the 2013-14 season. He has a that incredible win over the Spurs, which was probably one of the best shots in NBA history. The, the, the leaning jumper over Tim Duncan's head to win Game 7 in the first round against the Spurs in 2015. He has that hamstring injury that season, though, that contributes to the uh, three-to-one lead that that series where the Rockets come back and beat them and end up in the Western Conference Finals. You then have the hand injury against Portland in 2016, and then in 2017, uh, basically, it starts it started to fall off, and that marked a new phase of his career. He, his numbers dropped off pretty dramatically. That was his last season with the Clippers. That team got, jumped out to a really hot start, but then Paul misses 21 regular season games. He would miss over 20 regular season games that season and the next two, including both of his in Houston. And it started to feel like that was a different phase of his career. He obviously has the hamstring thing in 2018 in games six and seven against the Clippers. And then he has his hiatus season in Oklahoma City, kind of reminds everybody that he is special and did not go anywhere. We start to hear about the plant-based diet and all that stuff. He he kind of seems to figure out how to pace himself a little bit better. He, I think in that Thunder season, really learned how to take, how to kind of push the, I guess, pull the competitiveness, the dedication, the tireless commitment to winning out of his teammates and out of young teammates, especially. And I think that's something he had always really struggled with. I mean, Say what you will about those New Orleans teams and how they were mismanaged and this and that, but he was around winners there. David West, Tyson Chandler, um, all those guys were, were, and he was around a lot of veterans, Bonzi Wells, Morris Peterson, Peja Stojakovic, um, Mike, um, not Mike James, um, who am I trying to think of? I literally just interviewed him for the All-Star piece. Bobby Jackson, that team had a lot of guys around him that that if nothing else were were winners and were were veteran guys and that did not happen for him in either Los Angeles or Houston he butted heads with those guys he butted heads with Blake with DeAndre Jordan with James Harden because while those guys were incredible athletes and and you know obviously got to the top of their craft I don't think they necessarily had that same tunnel vision toward winning that Chris had and 
I think going to Oklahoma City helped him understand how to make the other guys around him better. And the other guys around him helped those guys embrace that same mindset that Chris has just had. He was born with. He's innately had it. Not everybody else does, though. And so you get to Phoenix, and then he's helping a DeAndre Ayton understand the level of dedication and, and work ethic that it's going to take to be a championship player. He's bringing a new level of, of accountability and, and you know camaraderie and shared dedication t- w- with Mikael Bridges and Jay Crowder and Devin Booker and, and these other guys who are already here. And he's lifting up a campaign and a Cam Johnson to new heights as players who are you know very early in their careers or very inexperienced overall. And that's why I feel like this season has to be thought of as one of the best of his entire career because, yes, those from 2007 to 2009, those two seasons, he's basically fully healthy. He's averaging more than 20 points and 11 assists per game, almost three steals per game. That's his peak. I mean, that's his like athletic, holy crap, you know, kind of putting together the smarts and the competitiveness and the athleticism and the scoring ability all in one. That's its own little initial first peak. Then in Los Angeles, he has three straight seasons where he averages 19 and 10. And the Clippers are, you know, basically championship contenders, if not right on the cusp of being that. Then you have the Houston seasons where he's kind of reimagining his game and still scoring really well, taking more threes, making them at an incredible volume, balancing James Harden at at a really high level. And that's its own thing there. Then this this Phoenix thing is almost like a fourth little peak, but I really feel like, and of course, capping it all off with the championship would be the, you know, of course, button bow on all of it, and, and it would be his greatest crowning achievement ever. But I don't think people realize that this guy, if 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 his body just was put together a little bit better, I mean, he had a hand, shoulder, and COVID situation all during just the playoffs last year if this guy's body's put together a little bit he is Isaiah Thomas he is a multi-time champion he is in the absolute pantheon of NBA players and just because of these weird breaks and the weird nature of his career he has not had that shot this season feels like the one for him and it's all because he's putting all the little things together and bringing the best out of his teammates again um, like he always has but I think is, is doing it at a spiritual level maybe you could say even more than he ever was or ever had in the past. And it's been special to watch. This This week is just the latest crescendo of that. He's he's an excellent player, and you can't say enough about him. I, I, I think he might be in the running for Player of the Month. I think he'll be an All-NBA guy yet again this year, and we are just watching something truly special. So had to dive into that a little bit and, and shout him out and, and heap the praise because it's not every day. You get to watch a guy like this. It's not every season that you get to see somebody do the types of things that Paul is just doing every single season or every single night this season. So that is that. We'll, we'll hope the minutes don't go too high. He's played in every single game. His his minutes are the highest they've been since 2015. So uh, uh, fingers crossed that none of that gets any crazier, but uh, the guy is, is really special. One thing that he's also allowing the Suns to do is try new things. He was apparently one of the key figures behind the idea to go big, uh, go small rather, against San Antonio on Sunday night. So I want to talk about what we learned from that, what it could mean for the future of this season. First though, guys, a quick word from TurboTax. New sponsor of the show, love to see TurboTax. 
People think unusual circumstances can mean complicated taxes, but for TurboTax Live experts, that's what makes things interesting. We all have unique lives, whether you invested in crypto for the first time this year, own an up-and-coming small business, or are raising rambunctious twins. TurboTax has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction that you deserve, no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to a TurboTax live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax live experts are here to help you however you need, and if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them and they'll do it all for you. To visit TurboTax live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. So visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. TurboTax live experts. All right, we are seeing some different things from the Suns. Not only Chris Paul being as special as he has been, but at the same time, um, small ball for the first time since, I mean, basically the Suns got rid of slash lost Torrey Craig. It came kind of out of necessity. We have not really seen... uh, We've not seen the big men, big men be healthy. I'm trying to log into GoPHNX because Gerald Bourget had an excellent piece on this, and I wanted to quote some of that, but I don't seem to be able to log in here. So, pardon me. Let me see. Late in the game, the Suns, Bismack Biombo and JaVale McGee are the only healthy bigs. JaVale has been fairly inconsistent. I, I do think the missing the game for, for knee soreness and, and having COVID and all that stuff, I think you can see that it's wearing on his game. Biombo has dealt with foul trouble and everything else. The Spurs were a unique matchup where they have built this very versatile team kind of under the radar. I mean, yes, they still have Jakob Pertl, but the rest of their team is, you know, 6'4 to 6'9", and... Incredibly switchy, incredibly versatile, and everything else. So the Suns tried something that they haven't often tried, which is small ball. And it's partially because they haven't had the ability to do it with the personnel. But it's also because I think it's really, honestly, the last thing Monty wants to do most of the time. But here was the quote that he said post game, courtesy of Gerald Bourget at PHNX. Quote, the move was to get Ish in the game so we could just switch one through five. He has an ability to guard his position, but he also... Made some plays on the offensive end that were key for us. He's been a guy that's kept his mind right all season. Later on, uh, Ish talked about the confidence that it gives him. Chris talked about how ready he was and everything else. But yeah, he did knock down his corner threes. That's obviously going to help. But he, what he really did was open up the idea of the Suns being able to play small. Um. Monty talked about the let it fly mentality-ish, again, talking about getting ready. But I, the, the big quote that I think encapsulated this is from Cam Johnson. He said, he's done great, talking about Ish, knocking down shots, being where he's supposed to be on defense, and kind of manning down that five position when we don't have a true big. He's a big body on screens, tough to get around, box outs. He just does a lot of little things well, and he's a guy whose main goal is just to go in there and contribute in any way possible to win. That's the biggest thing. It is absolutely not glamorous to play above your position, to focus so much on physicality and matching up with bigger guys and and executing, basically playing bigger than you are 
impacting the glass, impacting the, the you know defense inside, all those different things. There's nothing glamorous about it. You almost need a player like Ish Wainwright or you know like Tory Craig who is kind of. I don't want to say on their last gasp NBA opportunity, because obviously Craig has, has stuck in the league for a while now, but Wainwright definitely fits that of guys who know that in order to stay in the NBA, to have a pro career, that's what they're going to need to do. You need to have that understanding, I think, to sacrifice and do it. But the results were great. Wainwright was a plus eight in his 20 minutes off the bench, and he has gotten better and better. I mean, the corner threes, that, that was something early on is his form looked really ugly. You could tell he was not very comfortable with it. It's gotten a lot smoother. His shots, even if they don't all go in, he is at least, you know, hitting the rim. Like, they are they are in the, the vicinity of the basket. They are much more accurate, and the, the fluidity is there. He's, I think, shooting 31%, if I'm remembering correctly. And, like... What we have to remember is the difference between, you know, bad and awful shooters. Like, is it does it look pretty? Is it comfortable? No. But yes, he's 31%, 9 of 29 from deep, and it's been getting better lately. So that all said, it's, it's just tough to be anything but optimistic with this guy. And I think it begs the question of, will we see more small ball going forward for the Suns? Did this open somebody's mind? Because again, it was Chris Paul who advocated for it, and, and apparently, according to Monty, it was Kevin Young who advocated for it, who really felt like they should try it. It's not something we've seen because Dario Saric has obviously been out. Torrey Craig is no longer here. Wainwright is, is really one of the more ideal guys to get in there and, and mix it up and do this. But I also think that if it's not going to be Ish, who again is, is on a two-way contract, so he can't play in the playoffs under current circumstances, it'll it'll definitely be on James Jones's mind about whether to keep create a roster spot for him to be able to fill that and be around on the play in the playoffs or for the Suns to go outside of this lineup that we saw and and still try to maintain the small ball and there's a few ways to do that obviously via the trade market Torrey Craig is an option that I know people are still intrigued by I'm not too sure that that makes a ton of sense but I do feel like you have you know whether it's maybe Harrison Barnes is is somebody who you feel at least having the depth at the forward spot. Maybe you, you mix things up a little bit there. He's probably not the guy to play the five, but he he's an option. I don't know if the Suns go that big, though, in terms of a, a price tag on a player like that. What I actually come back to is maybe we'll finally see that, uh, that Jake Crowder can go play the five. It's not, again, something Monty has, he's rarely, rarely done it. You'll sometimes see it at the very ends of games so that they can switch. You'll sometimes see it um, at the ends of, you know, if there's a, a quick timeout and there's only a few seconds left on the clock or there's an offensive-defensive substitution in the late stages of crunch time. There, there's a few types of moments where the where Monty has been comfortable with it, but by and large, it's it's not. I mean, he's more likely to go super big with multiple big men and no Jay Crowder than he is to go with Crowder at the five, but maybe this opens his eyes. Maybe he starts to experiment because I think that is probably the most likely and logical way for the Suns to get there. Yes, they could put Wainwright on a full contract and then he could play in the playoffs, but it's very difficult to trust a player like that in a championship or bust type of season. You don't necessarily want to go get a big name and you know, give up a bunch. You don't trust Jalen Smith. I think Crowder with other perimeter players is probably the best way to do that. 
we have not seen a lineup very often this season. I'm trying to get the exact number here with Bridges, Crowder, and Johnson all on the floor together. But let me see. Let's see if we've seen the Paul Booker, Bridges, Johnson, Crowder lineup at all. Cleaning the Glass, a fantastic resource. It has played 24 possessions this season, and it is a minus 12.7. So honestly, obviously much worse than this Ish Wainwright experiment was, but something I think we could see Monty go back to because the Suns don't have an easy option with a you know Draymond Green or P.J. Tucker type of guy, uh, a, an obvious small ball center option, but they have Ish, they have Jay, and I think that could be enough to at least experiment with it. It's, it's one of the things I hope we see down the stretch of the season. There's one more reason, though, that I think that it's important to do this, and it's because of who the Suns figure to face in the playoffs. Who do they have to actually go through that they need to worry about? And a lot of the teams point back to small ball. So we'll talk about that in just a second, how the Western Conference stage is stacking up for the Suns. First, though, a quick word from Rock Auto. It's been a while, but with the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models for cars, it's pretty impossible to walk into your local chain auto parts store and expect to get what you need. So why endure pointless questioning when you could go to rockauto.com and save a bunch of time, energy, and money? You have a computer, then you have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could possibly need. You basically just go to rockauto.com, type the part that you need, scroll down to it, click purchase, and it's at your door within days. If you know your car, if you know how to use the internet and figure out what car and what part you need, then Rock Auto is the place for you. There's really no need to walk into a dealership or a, or a parts store and get hassled. RockAuto.com solves the problem, makes it incredibly easy. So go explore their easy-to-use site today. Find the solution for your auto part needs and relax. That's the big thing. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Today's show also brought to you by BetOnline. The new official sports betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network. There might be less football being played right now, but betonline.net, new URL there, guys. Betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season than anyone else. From scores, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Betonline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. Betonline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC, Odds coverage is also the best in the business. More odds, better odds than any other site. From sports down to your favorite Vegas casino games, Bet Online again, your number one wagering destination. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on a sport and play your favorite games. Bet Online, where the game starts. Mention the numbers and the options behind small ball for the Suns. And you might think I'm just harping on it or, or glomming on to one game, uh, a measly Spurs game in, in the end of January. But it matters bigger picture too because it's not just that it was a fascinating little wrinkle or that I really like the Ish Wainwright story, even though I obviously do. It actually matters because we had a couple of injuries line up or at least some news on injuries in one case 
in the Western Conference that starts to paint the picture of a, of a path that could just lead directly through the Warriors, and that's it. And here's what I mean. So we're, we're continuing to hear more and more about Paul George and this UCL injury that he has in his elbow, a tear there that originally was kind of very under shot shot low on the amount of time that Paul was going to, uh, that that Paul George was going to have to miss. I think the original was like four, six, eight weeks, like one to two months. And once you read what the injury was, it was like, huh, that doesn't seem right. He's already, I think, at least at, if not past that threshold. And you're starting to hear some whispers from Jake Fisher, from Mark Stein, others that Paul George is, is maybe not likely, I think Kevin O'Connor had this, maybe not likely to play this season. And that Kawhi Leonard then would also take the opportunity to, to rest the entirety of the year. And that kind of takes the Clippers out of the running. Like, will they be a pain in the butt to play all year because they're coached really well, they play really hard? Yes, but that's not a team that even is, is close to the version that we saw last year in the playoffs um, without George, without if they do sell at the deadline a little bit and get rid of some of their players, then it's not going to be a really scary team. Likewise, the Utah Jazz suffered an injury to Joe Ingles, an ACL tear, which he had dropped off a little bit. He was he was not really at that elite level anymore for them anyway, but it just thins them out and and you know they already were incredibly um, I would say top heavy and reliant on offense. So you know, losing another piece for them who gave them some of that offense, who was part of their depth and, you know, theoretically helped them have some lineup versatility. Losing him, he's key piece for what they do. And I don't think they're down and out completely. I think they might be a team to make a move at the deadline, but Utah all season long, I think has felt pretty underwhelming and, and not very worrisome. And I think that that injury just reinforces that. So you're looking down up and down the West, and yes, I still think Memphis would be a pretty pretty tough second round matchup. We'll see what happens with Denver. That is a huge wild card. Michael Porter Jr. is out for the season, but if Jamal Murray can come back, that is still a team that, you know, could really have have a, a run in them come playoff time with Aaron Gordon still there and, and their depth if they can get healthy. But for the most part, the Western Conference feels a lot like a one horse race opposite the Suns. It feels like the Warriors and the Suns are on this collision course. Then you go over to the East and you have Giannis and the Bucks, but Brooke Lopez looks unlikely to play anytime soon. He could miss maybe the rest of the season. It's really hard to say. The Brooklyn Nets are a very small team. The Chicago Bulls have Nikola Vucevic, but other than that, are a pretty small team. You don't look many places and see size. Maybe Philadelphia, Denver, and Cleveland are the only top teams where you really have to worry about size. So I just think that whether it's the Warriors and the Draymond Green at the five minutes, whether it is the Nets or the Bucks with Giannis at the five or um, whoever, Blake Griffin at the five for the Nets, anywhere you look in this NBA championship race, you are seeing a matchup where the Suns will want to have a small ball option in their back pocket. They want to have that ace in the hole to go back to, 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 to try to at least mess with when, when the time comes. Yes. Do I think that the depth at center with Biombo and McGee is going to be a massive help? Do I think that that in and of itself might be the difference between a game six loss and an NBA championship for the Suns? Sure. I mean, depending on how 
the cards fall. But I think come playoff time, you want to have that flexibility behind you. And we've already seen the, the flexibility and the versatility that the Suns are able to put together this season with role, new role players stepping up and you know Chris having his hands all over everything and, and lifting players to new heights. But you want to have an answer for everything. You want to be able to play any possible way that your opponent might try to force you into come playoff time. And the Suns do not have that right now. Whether it's escalating Wainwright, whether it's trying Jay Crowder more, or it is making a trade to find that solution, I think that should be in the Suns' minds as we make our way through the trade deadline, as Monty is is crafting his rotation and trying to win games in the regular season and, and experimenting a little bit. That is something I think this team is missing. I think that they have the solutions. They have the ability to solve the problem. They just need to do so. And we saw an initial taste of it on Sunday. All right, guys. Enjoy Suns Nets tonight. Should be a fun one. Let's hope that James Harden plays. I, I tend to root for good games, even if uh, even if no Harden would maybe satisfy Suns fans who want to see the win. I want to I want to see a test. I want to see a real energetic exciting game and I think if Harden plays it really would be that so enjoy that game I'll be right back here with you post game recapping everything thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen now go make Locked On Bets your second listen to get ready for Super Bowl Sunday I'll talk to you guys later